0: Tim, where is your head today? This is like the perfect Buddhist Jesus song. This is like the combo song? Yeah. Remember, it's supposed to be a cage match here. Jesus versus Buddha, you know? What do you think? Well, yeah. I could have played Jesus Freak by uh, DC Talk. Maybe, no, you know? no, that's just irritating. All right. And you, I'm thirsty for some coke, so. you are. <laughs> you are listening to The Drew Marshall Show and... Uh, I am quite happy about what is about to happen because the the straight up question of what is the difference between Jesus and Buddha has never been that directly discussed on this show before. Hmm. We've talked about Buddhism, we've talked about Buddha, we've talked about Jesus obviously, but this contrasting conversation, how are Jesus and Buddha similar and how are they different? I happened to find out recently that there's a local church What's it called again? The ha- the Happy House? The Meeting Place? The Meeting Spouse. Christian Mingle? What is it? <laughs> Just kidding. Bruxy Cavey is a teaching pastor at The Meeting House. He's also the author of one of my all-time favorite books, The End of Religion. He's a regular on our show, and it's a, always a pleasure to have him here. But Bruxy, you are in the middle of doing a series uh, about uh, Jesus and Buddha. True story? Yes, true story. Uh, the first Sunday was last Sunday? That's right. That I means the second Sunday
1: would be this Sunday. You're on top of it. Uh, <laughs> uh, how's it going? It's going well. It's a, it's, it's a good opportunity for us to—we um, all understand even our own faith better when we compare and contrast. Uh, Oz Guinness, an American philosopher, has this uh, line that comparison is the mother of all understanding. Hmm. That w- not only when you just sit in your own silo and talk about your faith, but when you see how it is both similar and different to other faiths, you'll understand your own faith better. Plus, you are understanding what other people believe. So it's a win all the way around. Well, are you learning anything new? I am. Every time. What a great answer. Because if you had said no, I already know, you'd be a jerk. That's why I love my job is that I? I it's, it never gets old. I'm learning. I'm not just teaching. I'm learning. It's good.
0: Also in the studio is Dr. Rose Zacharias-Meter. She is the host of Intersection, where real life and faith collide. Uh, Rose, if you were to sort of say between 1 and 10, what would be your overall general knowledge of Buddhism?
2: Oh, gosh. Oh, I'd love to learn more. Yeah. So on the, like, 2 to 5 scale... And maybe closer to the three. Okay. Yeah, three out
0: of ten. All right. Well, good thing we have a couple of people joining us on the show today. Uh, our very good friend, who's been on the show numerous times, Robert Thurman, or as the cool kids call him, Bob Thurman, uh, first American ordained Tibetan monk, world-renowned Buddhist scholar, bobthurman.com. There's so much to talk about when it comes to to Bob Thurman. Um, Bob, I want to thank you for your patience. We were a little late today. How are you? What are you in the middle of right now?
3: Oh, uh, that's okay. I'm uh, very happy. I'm actually in Boston at a Tibetan cultural and spiritual center, and I was uh, I'm giving my just finished my second talk of the day to some young Tibetan uh, refugee kids who are they're actually born in America, but they're from some of the exiled Tibetan families. And I was giving them a little bit of a pep talk about their own culture, their own peaceful and spiritual culture. Because of course, they're going to American schools, and there's not a very big community here in Boston of exiled Tibetans. And, um, but they're so sweet and kind, I had fun with them. Oh, good. And, um, I'm giving, it, and so that's, that's what I'm doing. I'm well, I'm retiring from academic teaching, and I'm still writing and doing different things. Well, I'm very happy to hear those nice things that uh, the minister said, who was holding the meeting part, about how I especially like what he said about what he teaches, he learns. Yes. And that has been my experience of about 50 years of teaching. That, that's, I learn a lot trying to teach others. and i a lot to learn, actually.
0: Yeah. Well, listen, uh, I think you've put almost everything you have learned into a, a little book called uh, Man of Peace, is, is I guess, this is this not the gra- that's the graphic novel about the uh, the life of His Holiness Dalai Lama? Correct.
3: That's right. It's based on all of his autobiographies and some other biographies, and my personal knowledge of him for the last fifty four years, and uh, presenting him in a way that he wouldn't present himself, in the sense of showing a little bit his heroic qualities of being a, li- a living Gandhi or Martin Luther King or what have you, someone who has been reacting to violence. Against his Tibetan people by Chinese Communist government, and, and insisting on non-violent response, and, uh, and, and still walking his talk of seeking dialogue and reconciliation rather than calling for vengeance. Right. So he's, uh, it, uh, it presents him in a more heroic way than he presents himself, but it's based on his own narratives about um, what happened, you know, in all of his uh, world adventures for 83 years. Okay. All right. It, well, was great, it was a great. It was a great honor to do it. Actually, I really enjoyed doing it. But with several other people and the artists, of course, who have to make the graphic album.
0: Well, listen, I, I, I know I know that Bruxy sitting beside me is a bit of a nerd. True story, Bruxy? Yes. Yes. You, do you own comic books, Bruxy? I probably do. Yes. yes. You would have loved this. I should have saved this for you. We gave it away as a big radio giveaway the last time we had Bob on the show. I would like to officially introduce the two
3: of you. Bob Thurman, Bruxy Cavey. Bob, is a privilege to nice.
1: meet you. Nice to meet you. Privilege to meet you, Bruxy. Bruxy is it?
3: B-U-R-X-E-Y?
1: B-R-U-X-Y, Bruxy. I'll be the first and last Bruxy you'll ever meet, yes. probably. Yes, yeah. yeah, uh,
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good name, Bruxy. Yeah. I like it. Thank you. Well,
0: well speaking of names that I've been struggling to pronounce, uh, Lama Sultrim Alioni. Did I do that right, Lama Sultrim? That was perfect, actually. I'm so good at my job. I'm just amazing. <laughs> uh, Hi, Lama
3: Sultrim. How are you? Nice to hear you. Yeah, Bob,
1: how
0: are you? Excuse me, I'm running the radio show here. You guys aren't supposed to talk to each other. Come on. (laughs) Uh, Lama Siltram Alioni is founder and, and resident lama of Tara Mandela, located outside Boulder, Colorado. She traveled to India in her late teens, and at the age of 22, was the first Western woman to be ordained as a Buddhist nun. After living in the Himalayan region for several years, she returned her... Uh, her vows and became the mother of three while continuing to study and practice Buddhism. And she has been awarded the international outstanding woman in Buddhism award by a panel of distinguished scholars and practitioners in Bangkok, Thailand. She is the author of women of wisdom and feeding your demons and her new book wisdom rising a journey into the Mandela of the empowered feminine will be released May 1st and is available on Amazon for a pre-order. Uh, Lama Siltram, this is Bruxy Cavey. Bruxy is not only a teaching pastor of a, of a church that seems to be pretty cool, but Bruxy is probably one of the best communicators I've ever heard, and the reason is is because it's his authenticity. And he is, as I described to both of you in my emails, he is actually a man of peace. As a matter of fact, it's irritating how much of a man of peace he is. So, uh, so Lama Sultram, this is Bruxy Cavey. Hi. Hi! Lovely to meet you.
4: Thank you.
0: So, uh, Lama Sultram, I'd actually like to start with you first. If you, by the way, someone's—is—is is, is there a fire alarm going off in the background? I hear a ringing in someone's place. Lama Sultram, is that in the background at your place?
4: No, I'm in the middle of nowhere, and
3: there's no fire alarms here.
0: <laughs> Bob, are you? Is there any any <laughs> ringing going on at your
3: place? not not that i know of. i don't
0: hear it oh well 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 we'll have to put up with it it's a weird connection so lama Sultram, uh as far as the ears of the christians that you you would have at this very moment uh what what would you like uh you know thousands and thousands of christians to actually know about buddhism that you think has been misperceived over the years
4: mm-hmm. Well, I don't know about misperception, but I think there's a lot of similarities in what Christ taught and what the Buddha taught, which is always a good place to start in terms of compassion, empathy, and putting others before oneself, turning the other cheek, and that sort of teaching is really an integral part of Buddhism. I think one of the differences is perhaps that Buddhism is not theistic. There's no belief in God in in the Buddhist and what the Buddha taught. And yet the Buddha taught a path of inquiry, really inquiry into the nature of reality. And the process of that inquiry is mainly through meditation. So the meditative path is key to Buddhism. There is extremely highly developed Buddhist philosophy, uh, so it's not merely meditation, but the path of presence or presence-ing, and inquiry really into the nature of our own being, into who we are, what we are, what our minds are, what reality is or what it isn't. That's really key in the, in the Buddhist teaching. So it's based less on belief or faith than on inquiry into ourselves, and the Buddha said there's 84,000 different paths for each being to find their own way, and so it's not a prescribed path where everyone does this, but it's really finding the right skillful means to bring each person to their own Buddha nature, which is, you could say, the Buddha inside everyone, which... I think we could also say the Christ in everyone. Right, right. Okay, There is that enlightened nature in all of us, and our path is to bring that forth.
0: Right. Okay, uh, Broxy, I, I, I really actually want to just, I would like to just leave the room and let you take the rest of the interview here, mm-hmm. but that that would be weird. Um, so, <laughs> I just listened to Lama Siltram, and what she said would indicate to me that one can be a Christian and a Buddhist if Buddhists don't believe that there is a, you know, they're not theists, so therefore they don't believe there's a God, if I heard that right, then sorry. could could there be, and I'm going to just go with Brexit this one, because I, well, actually, sorry, Lama Sutra, let me ask you just very briefly, yes or no, could someone be a Christian and a Buddhist?
4: I think in many ways, yes.
0: Okay. Now I have a feeling that Bruxy might <laughs> he might feel differently. Do you feel differently?
1: Sure. Well, and and she qualified that by saying, in many ways, there's probably many practices and many values of peace and simplicity and compassion that overlap. If you think of a Venn diagram, there's a lot of overlap between Christianity and Buddhism, between Jesus specifically and the Buddha, that that we can celebrate and we can learn from and and have a fruitful dialogue on. I think also it would be it would be a, an honest admission to say that like a venn diagram there are significant areas where they're just different and one of the beauties of that is that we can model as spiritual leaders we can model a respect and a desire to to have fruitful dialogue even while we have significant differences as well mm-hmm. because people out in the real world need, need role models for conversations that aren't always agreeable and how to do that well. Sometimes within interfaith dialogue there is a pressing towards only focusing on what we have in common so that well, what that can suggest is that we have such a fragile unity and a fragile peace between us that if we were to talk about any area of disagreement, Ooh, we, might we, might, we might fall apart. But, yep. So what I do think that we, we can role model both is f- finding the similarities, celebrating those, partnering together in many ways, and then also modeling for others how we can completely disagree about things, but do so with charity and respect, because people need to see that modeled, because that's the conversation they're going to be having at the workplace and right. on Twitter, etc. Yeah,
0: yeah, okay. So Bruxy, what I, if you don't mind, could you ask go right into like the. you knew you were going to talk to Bob today we, we uh, talked about um, having Lama Sulterman uh, yesterday and so that was kind of new to you so you knew you were gonna talk to Bob Thurman the big Buddhist Bob <laughs> Thurman what is something that you just want to ask him right off the bat because you're teaching this big series at the Meeting House Jesus and Buddha differences and similarities you got Bob
1: oh that's lovely well, I would, I would love, Bob, to even just to begin to, for us to explore what we have in common and what the differences are. And we've already just begun that, Drew. You started us, I think, down the right path. But to, to even just model some of that learning from one another of, uh, oh, oh, I didn't realize we had this in common. But also, here are some real significant differences. And we're not threatened by that, and we're not defensive about it. We're just naming and listing yes. and living with differences in a way that doesn't threaten our respect. So, so I don't know, Bob. Okay. If that does, if that's agreeable to you,
3: well, that's uh, that's a big job <laughs> in a couple of minutes. But uh, can,
1: how I about see can them I?
3: Both. I see Buddha and Jesus as on the same mission, hmm. which is they are expressions of some sort of higher power of love toward all life. Both of them. And I think they're filtered to their different cultures in history in such a way that, of course, they reflect the differences in their culture.
2: Mm.
3: And um, but I don't actually see essential differences between them in that I think if they were both living at the same time ever, and maybe they are in some subtle plane indeed, since in both traditions... Uh, in the Mahayana Buddhist tradition especially, which Tibet is associated with mainly, mm. and in, uh, in most types of Christianity, they consider Jesus is still present 100% in Heaven, and Buddha would be considered also totally all wrapped around the living beings of the world, because he made a vow never to abandon them to suffering. So it, I think that they would consider each other very useful colleagues. And I think the differences come from people who think that they only need the one or the other, which is correct for them, in a way, in their, in the cultures where they grew up with them. So people who grew up in a Christian culture are taught that Christ alone will save them from suffering. And uh, that's good that they think that, because that makes them try to cheer themselves up and be in good cheer, as Jesus said to them. And the people who grow up in the Buddhist culture, they think that uh, Buddha is the only one who can help them. Although one of the things Buddha told them uh, is that they have to save themselves with his help. So he, that he that he can't necessarily completely save them themselves. They have their they have their their own freedom to do that or to mm. choose not to. Okay, hold on. So what I I'm, here, what I'm hearing good. there,
0: Bob, is, is a big difference, like uh, a Buddha is saying, uh, fix yourself, and Jesus is saying, you can't fix yourself, that's why I died on the cross. Is, is that fair, Bruxy? Did I get that?
3: Well, that's kind of fair, I think, in a way, although I think Jesus also, for example, in the Sermon on the Mount, he also says, if you don't do what I'm teaching, that I'm telling you, then I don't know you, get me gone. When someone comes and says, I'm going to do great deeds of power, or we did great deeds of power in your name, O Lord, let us into heaven with you, and he says, no, get you going, you did nasty things that you didn't follow my Sermon on the Mount, so I don't know you, he says. Right. So I think Jesus is not quite as all-accepting as some people that mm-hmm. have been out to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also wants people to help, them, you know, God helps those who help themselves. I think that is yeah. a, a Christian saying. And uh, Jesus, I think, goes along with that. Although he he, he does say that he's doing everything he can, and he pre- he is very powerful to do it. And I agree with that. Okay. And similarly, the Buddha Buddha has both sides to him, uh, but their emphasis is different in the different cultures. For example, my what I think of in, in this conversation is that Jesus rose from the dead in glory is the heart of Christian belief. And since he himself could rise himself from suffering and death, then he can lead the way and he can help others to do so, inspire them or save them, whatever you, you want to put it. Mm-hmm. And uh, But he's not so much presented as in his smiling, resurrected form. I presume he was smiling, actually, when he rose from the dead, and he was showing happiness and glory. And Buddha is, had a time of tremendous self torture and his shriveled body and really hard time he had and where he looked almost like a wreck, you know, where his body was pretty wrecked. And then he rose up in, and was all golden and smiling and cheery. And so they tend to show that form in the Indian culture and not so much the suffering form. And in the Western culture, they show gee, the, the crucified Jesus more than the resurrected one. And um, I think there's a lot of historical discussion and cultural discussion around that. But that makes them seem more different than I think they really
0: were. Right, right, right. Okay. All right. Bruxy, where's your brain?
1: As I'm listening to Bob, I think it's a great example of, so from a Christian point of view, a Christian may be listening and saying, oh, that's a good point, I agree. And then the next sentence, oh, no, no, we don't believe that. And then the next sentence, oh, very good, very good, amen, amen. And and really, is this beautiful uh, introduction to the fact that worldviews can be really different but have real similarities at the same time, and, and to begin to parse those out, I think, is something Something we should lean into without a sense of anxiety or threat, but with a sense of discovery yeah, yeah. and delight that we can do that. Uh, some of the things that uh, I think in the areas of, of, of difference we will find, at least from two different worldviews, trying to wrestle through uh, the relationship between karma and grace, this idea of working out and working off uh, through over many lifetimes uh, that our salvation to some extent depends on us working hard and doing diligent work in this life and many lifetimes to um, to gain merit and to uh, overcome a bad karmic debt uh, and then that the the message of Jesus of grace of you you don't there, there's You don't have to do anything. It, God, because we believe there is a God, personal God, decision-making God, has decided to give to you as a gift right here, right now, that which other religious practice may be trying to achieve. So there's this famous verse in Romans, the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life. What it doesn't say is the wages of sin is death, but the wages of working for God will be eternal life. It doesn't give you a new way of working and a better way of working. It actually just says stop working and receive it as a gift. So grace and karma are conflicting uh, uh, concepts, I think, but they're worth exploring more.
0: Lama Sultrim, I, I would like to bring you into this point of the conversation because, you know, there's a phrase that gets floated around, uh, at least in, in, uh, in my scene, my world, grace Trump's karma. How does that sit with you?
4: Well, it's interesting because there is the idea of blessings in Buddhism, jinlap, which means gift waves, and it's actually considered, especially in esoteric Buddhism and the Tibetan tradition, to be a possible way to receive direct transmission and potentially enlightenment. And so we have that concept of something instantaneous um, that would be linked to blessings. However, the idea of karma is action. So most people understand karma as what I did before that I'm paying for now, right? Mm -hmm. But karma actually means action. So right now we are creating action. Right now, during while we're having this conversation, we're creating karma. And then we have the seeds of past actions, which are also coming to fruition at this moment. And so I think the way karma has been spoken of and the, sort of the way it's generally understood in the West is almost like a a, a sentence that you have from the past, mm-hmm. but actually... In this very moment, we have the possibility to change that, to create new karma, to, to alter the fruition of things that we did in the past. So there, it's not like sort of a life sentence, karma. Uh, and it's also important to understand that blessings, what we call blessings, which I think is similar to grace, is actually something that's very much part, at least, of the Tibetan tradition.
0: Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, there's, my brain has gone in six different directions right now, uh, so I'm just letting you know I have a headache. Um, <laughs> but, sorry. but No, 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 it's a beautiful thing. I need to have more headaches, really. But I want to bring in Dr. Rose Zacharias Meter here, who has uh, been co-hosting our show with us. You're listening to this conversation, and what's happening inside your brain?
2: So this is fascinating. It's a privilege, actually, to sit with Bruxy and also... What about um, me? And you too. (laughs) Okay. And I love this. I love the reaching across and trying to understand one another's worldviews. And I... um, and so I am listening with fascination. But what, I have a question at the same time, because I do come at it from a Christian perspective, um, and and my show is about bringing people in who have different points of view and see themselves on different faith journeys and different points on the faith spectrum. But I am wondering, um, from a, a Buddhist point of view, um, if, if um, within Buddhism there is also this um this sort of goal directed conversation to bring in other world views like I, I i see us I, I see myself anyhow approaching um approaching you uh bob and lama and asking about your your buddhist beliefs because i i actually think it's a christian thing to do i think it's it's um it's uh, it's mandated to reach out and to, to understand and to love my neighbor by listening to them. And so I'm just wondering within Buddhism, um, is there also that sense of urgency that we need to reach outside of our belief set and, and understand what someone else is thinking, understand maybe what a Christian is thinking? Is that the sort of thing that you would also take time to pursue? Okay, Bob, we'll let you take that one.
3: Uh, well, uh, I I don't know what I can do with that. I like what Justice said about uh, Jesus doing it for you and you having to do it yourself. I think that's the key thing. Although there are forms of Buddhism, you have to realize that Buddhism is a huge tradition, and I I have studied a bit of Christian different forms of Christianity. So there are different forms of both ones that um, there are more that emphasize the do it yourself, and there are some that emphasize that it's, it's done for you if you have the right thing. And both, both traditions have those, those entities within them. Uh, the, the thing about um, Wilfred Cantwell Smith, a great comparative st- scholar of religion, a Canadian, by the way, um, he used to say that the three great missionary religions in the world were Buddhism, Christianity, and Islam, in the sense that they are not uh, culture-specific. That is, they don't say it's only for people from a certain culture or country, but all humans can benefit from this kind of faith or this kind of knowledge, etc. And therefore, all three of them can tend in one direction to act like they're the only ones that can solve the problems of human beings, mm-hmm. and therefore try to convert each other. They do, in the a mutual sense, to try to convert the others. Mm-hmm. But all three have a little bit tendency to do that. And then there are versions of old trees where they feel that, as one uh, Christian theologian told me once, uh, God has absolute power, so he can reach and save human beings any way he wants. I can't tell him what to do, Hmm. which I kind of like that, because it made for a tolerance of other traditions, rather than saying that they're doomed if they don't know Christ. And... um, So there are both varieties, I think, in that respect as well. And I think in the modern period, we have to take responsibility as representatives or students or aspirants to any of these different traditions. Mm -hmm. And we have to, I think, go beyond the competitive tendency of missionary religion. And we have to genuinely listen to each other. And what I would hope, and I know that our Lama does, he feels that, People should be able to reach the goal of grace, as the Brexit put it, or liberation, as the Buddhists would put it, freedom from suffering. Um, they should try to find the possibility for others to do it within their own systems mm-hmm. and not try to compete with them by to sort of say, oh, it's better and we should join us. And uh, because the modern situation, I think, has brought everything into such a convergence, that we basically need to change any attitude that would say that only our way is the way, and otherwise there's only a highway down. And all three traditions can have versions that will act like that. And I love the Dalai Lama uh, in his effort to try to avoid that and try to have people really stick to their own tradition but see and learn from each other what they're doing that could benefit, benefit their tradition. I think that's that's the ideal for me. You know, and it's not necessarily, it may be something new for all of the traditions to really do that. Right, mm-hmm. right. And, but I find that very inspiring. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: All right. Um, Thank you. Bruxy, I want to lead you into a, an aspect of this conversation that I'm, uh, I think I'm going to sound like a jerk about. And so I need you to help me sound like less of a jerk when I'm finished with this question. Okay,
1: you say your jerky way, and then I'll translate.
0: Okay. It goes a little something like this. Everyone loves Buddha. Everyone loves Buddhists. Uh, Facebook posts. Everybody, ooh, quoting Buddha, quoting Buddha. I don't see anybody quoting Jesus these days, unless they're, you know, know, evangelical Christians trying to save people with pictures of Jesus and little nice little quotes and stuff. But it seems like Buddha is cool and Jesus yeah. is
1: not. Yes. These days. Yes. Are you rolling with that? Yes, I I understand what you're saying. I don't. That doesn't need any translation. I think you're saying. <laughs> <Okay. you're, laughs> <laughs> that's a great observation. Drew's jerk way works. Yes. Okay. All right. and, and, and it <laughs> is worth, <laughs> while, It's worthwhile for us admitting where we are and when we are in history, in the history of the world. We are living in the West, where Christianity has been the dominant, influential religion, and not always in good ways for centuries. And so Christianity has had its day, and in some ways has left a scar, has left some wounds in our culture. And so it is, it is true, and understandably so, that for many people within the West, Christianity is is the religion that's crossed off the list, and they're saying, okay, been there, done that. Yep. As, a, as a society, we've been there, done that. And it's, it's been a mixed bag. Let me look elsewhere. And so the, the spiritual search for spiritual seekers will often start anywhere but Jesus. Yeah. And you know in the first I've heard it said that in the first century Christianity had an uphill climb because it was a new religion, but in the 21st century we are a failed religion. This is how people so that the climb is even harder because it's not just a matter of introducing people to the teaching of Jesus, it's probably helping people unlearn an awful lot that they thought they knew that has been that has been kind of a, a, the vehicle of, of a hypocritical Christian religion in some cases, a damaging and violent religion in, in complete, um, contradistinction to the teaching of Jesus himself is how they've heard about Jesus. And so we have, I think we need a generation in some sense of Christians to just be that repentant generation to say, we need to ourselves submit to the teachings of our own Jesus uh, before we can really um, expect other people to give him a fair hearing.
0: You see, this is why I like you, because you are
1: the best unteacher of Christianity I know. (laughs) Well, I I want to unteach whatever uh, I want to unteach whatever is not of Jesus, which is a fair thing that people who are part of the whole Jesus faith should probably really know and follow the teachings of Jesus. So,
2: Broxy, has it made you want to just adopt a whole new vocabulary? Hmm. Like, just to not... I mean, the word evangelical or conversion or... Jesus says, Lord and Savior of my life, yeah. or accept Jesus into my heart. Right, yes. or, Has C- it, or
0: Kirk Cameron. Okay.
2: Has it made you, like, without— I just call
1: him Susie now. Or, are you vocabulary. Just, or do
2: you use the same vocabulary and yeah. just apologize all the time, or just redefine all the time? That's a great
1: question. I th- and I say both and. There's some of our vocabulary that's just culturally created. And then there's other parts of our vocabulary that are in Scripture and are taken from the teachings of Jesus. And so when that's the case, I want to use the same vocabulary, but poor— what I think is a more authentic meaning into all words and all phrases are like um, vehicles that contain meaning and the problem is sometimes people can dump out the true meaning and pour in some other meaning and keep using the same word and so I want to just help people Uh, pour the true meaning what Jesus would have meant by these words into them and continue to use the same words if if they're words that Jesus used if they're biblical words right and otherwise I'm happy to to change vocabulary
0: okay I just need to reintroduce everybody again on the line with Bob Thurman otherwise known as Robert Thurman and uh, he is uh, if I've got this right Bob first the first American ordained Tibetan monk is that true or not true
3: Y- yeah, that's true. But also, I'm, I, I'm now an ethnic. I resign my vows eventually. Okay. i layman
0: now. Okay. You are also really regarded as one of the world's most renowned Buddhist scholars. There are, there are others out there that uh, are, well, they're out there, but they're not as cool as you are, is what I'm saying. Bob, yeah, people
3: can make mistakes,
0: you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then also on the line with us is Lama Sutram Alioni. She is um, uh, author of a, a book that's coming out very soon: "Wisdom Rising: Journey into the Mandela of the Empowered uh, Feminine." And uh, so much to be she said. Yeah, so much to be said about her. By the way, Bob's book, "Man of Peace," a graphic novel about the life of His Holiness the Dalai Lama. Mm-hmm. Got to get the plugs in here. Mm-hmm. Um, Lama, Lama, uh, Lama Siltram, I, I just want to let Bruxy come at you, uh, <laughs> just specifically with some questions that sure. he, maybe you need to clarify some things before you go into your big church tomorrow yeah. and do this whole talk about Jesus and Buddha. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you want to ask, Lama?
1: Oh, uh, so much! Well, I go. wish we had more time. You go. No, we're, I'm going to get her number, and we're going to have a great conversation off air afterwards. Um, it, uh, Lama Sutroma, here. Well, this is for both of you. I would love to be able to get your feedback on something that a, a Buddhist friend of mine said a number of years ago. He said, um, he said that his his struggle now in teaching Buddhism is a kind of uh, because Buddhism is popular. It there is a wave of people who call themselves Buddhists claim to follow the teachings of the Buddha, but know very little of what he actually taught and have kind of blended it with kind of a Western sensibilities, uh, kind of their own personal designer spiritual clothing. And so he said, you know, well, well maybe in the 1950s, uh, America and Canada... We, everyone said they were Christian, whether they were or they knew anything about it. They said they were Christian, and we were culturally Christian. He said, my frustration now as a Buddhist is that it feels like almost everyone wants to say they're Buddhist with very little knowledge or even practice of Buddhist practices. It's just trendy. And I'm just wondering if you see that, and if if that is something you welcome or something that's frustrating. It's
4: not frustrating to me because I think there's a span of understanding and practice of buddhism and i think that's natural mm. there's a, a story that comes to mind of uh, jack cornfield and joseph goldstein who are both theravadin buddhist teachers very well known in the united states and jack went to california became a therapist and started teaching buddhism connected to therapy and things that joseph thought were kind of a little not really buddhism and, and Jack felt that Joseph was a little too rigid in his strictly Theravadan view and not really understanding and relating to American culture. And so there was a struggle within that particular branch of Buddhism. And then they had a, a big meeting, and during the meeting they asked Jack to leave the room. And then they asked Joseph how it felt to have Jack gone. And then they asked Joseph to leave leave the room, and uh, while well, Jack remained in the room, and asked him how that felt. And they both felt that the fact that for for Joseph, the fact that Jack was kind of out there on the edge and experimenting with things like mindfulness in a secular way or psychology and Buddhism and so on, allowed Joseph to hold his more traditional, strict. Buddhist practice and and teaching and vice versa. So that was to me a really beautiful moment that I've thought about for many years about you know when we we have something we call Buddhism light L I T E uh, or 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 the mindfulness movement that's now at Google and you know you can improve your business by practicing mindfulness which is basically Buddhist meditation. And so What I love is the fact that it's all valid. It's just different. And so I'm not worried about trendy Buddhists, because I know that there are very serious Buddhists practicing that's kind of allowing that edge to occur, and vice versa.
1: That's really interesting. I appreciate that. And I wonder, too, if that even is representative of our different worldviews in that, uh, at Buddhism, if I'm, if I'm understanding correctly, has a, a teaching that to the degree someone applies, they will have greater success. Um, but any application is good application. Uh, and, and within Christianity, because we have such personhood at the center and we have a relationship and a, uh, we have a, a named person in history, Jesus, that we are saying we're following, mm-hmm. that to say we're following Jesus and not follow him is— it creates a relational disconnect, so that hypocrisy becomes more of an issue from a Christian perspective. Uh, if we're we're betraying a covenant with a person more than just a, a teaching that's left open for people to apply to the degree that that fits their where they're at spiritually at that time. So, hypocrisy may be a greater a greater um, uh, sensitivity and critique within the Christian Christian tradition.
0: Lama Sutram, your response to that.
4: Yes, yeah, so I think that that sounds right. Uh, in the sense that the Buddha really, he taught a path. In fact, toward the end of his life, he he really emphasized that his followers should not be following him. Mm-hmm. They should be following what he taught, mm-hmm. and that that they would each discover their path by doing that. He really, and he said, depend on the sangha, depend on the the community of of the spiritual community, not on me. Hmm. And it, and if I've taught you well, you will be able to take what I've taught and apply it into your own life. So he wasn't emphasizing a dependence on him or a relationship with him in that sense. It's certainly, you know, in Buddhism, we take refuge in the Buddha. <clears throat> we take refuge, yes, the historical Buddha who lived and so on, but it's also the idea of the Buddha within ourselves and our own potential
0: awakening okay Uh, there are there are things that I need to say right now Uh, the reason I need to say them is because we're at the end of our show and that sucks it's just brutal that we have to be at the end of our show so here's what I want to have happen Lama Sutram, I want, if you'll accept my invitation, it's really awkward to invite someone on air, because what are they going to say, no on air? I guess you can if you want, but I want you to come back, just you and me. I want to talk about your book when we come back. Would you mind looking into your schedule and talking with your people and have your people contact my people and get you back on the show? Would you mind coming back? That would be delightful. Thank you. I would love to just, because there's so many questions I have just about your book. Uh, so that that's the first thing I need to say. Number two, Bob, with your permission, and I know, you know I'm throwing you under the bus on air here, but I know that Bruxy wants to talk to you a little bit more, mano a e mano, or however you say it. Uh, um, could I connect the two of you uh, afterwards? Would that be okay, Bob? Sure, sure, that's fine. See, so you've got, you got to right. ask this stuff on air, you know? Uh, you got to say it on air. <laughs> yeah. um, no, because he's, if he's yeah. going to teach a whole bunch of Jesus people stuff about the difference between Buddha and Jesus, he's got to talk to you, man, okay? And, uh, and Lama Sutra, okay, I... well
3: well, just yeah, uh, Buxi needs to do a little more work, and I need a little more grace so we can
0: have a good <laughs> Okay, all right, all right.
1: That's good. Good. good, good stuff, good stuff. Good. All
0: right, listen, uh, we've got to say goodbye to everybody. Thank you very, very much for joining us. At the end of 45 minutes of conversation, it still feels like it's not enough. Robert Thurman, thank you again, sir, Bob. I really appreciate your time, and Lama yeah, Sutram.
3: No
0: so, such a pleasure to chat with you, Lama Sutram. Thank you, bye-bye. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye. bye to both you. of you. Bye, everybody. Bye. Everybody. bye. Bye-bye.
4: Bye-bye. All
0: They right. were all just like Canadians running into <laughs> each other. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Saturday Night okay. Live okay.
1: Commer- show. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.
0: Um, Brock dude, thank you. I know you just risked your life coming into this uh, through the ice storm <laughs> mm-hmm. to talk to this, yeah. but I, I hope that there will be further connections, and yeah. I, know, I know there will be with you. This
1: these, is exciting stuff. I live for this kind of stuff, so thank you, Drew.
0: Bruxy.com is the website. Of course, the meetinghouse.com is the other website. Go to one of the services tomorrow. There's many different, what do you call them, a satellite campuses, or yeah. you can go to the big one in Oakville, whatever you want.
1: Sure. Or listen oh. to the podcast. If the if, if weather's bad, then
0: Yeah, it's do that, do that. And, of course, uh, a special thanks uh, to Dr. Rose Zacharias Meter host of intersection where real life and faith collide thank you so much for being here today yeah appreciate it thanks Thanks for tuning in folks we'll be back next week stay with us next week